Exactly. In the chapter two, the players get the urgent task of protecting their own data from future attacks by the, uh, by the crypto kids. And in the game, we show the children what they can do to protect their data on digital devices. This includes um, the regular updates and activating, um, for example, the firewall and a virus program. Welcome to Kids Lab, a podcast for parents, educators, and everybody interested in STEAM education. In this episode, I'm talking to Birgit Schlotter about CryptoKids. CryptoKids is a German online project and game about online privacy. So Birgit is an information technologist and educational expert, focusing on media pedagogy. Since 2018, she's working at the Office of Youth Media Culture in North Rhine-Westphalia, which is a part of Germany. There, her main occupation is around data privacy and security. CryptoKids is an adventure game for kids from 8 years on, about privacy. That's a topic that is often overlooked and I'm so happy that we finally cover this topic also when it comes to STEAM education. The game involves digital and analog elements. An iPad app combines these elements, so at some point the kids have to scan codes with the iPad in their real environment, for example. And these are the three main topical blocks covered. Data privacy, data security, and finally, location data. All the analog material which is required for using CryptoKids is available free of charge on their website. Other options include the rental of all devices and material needed as well as a professional coach that will help delivering the courses. For screenshots and further information such as the download links, please head over to kidslab.dev and check out the show notes. Again, that's kidslab.dev. So, hi Birgit, it's really great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for taking the time and how are you today? Yes, thanks. Uh, I'm very good today. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation to your podcast. I'm very happy to speak with you. <laughs> Super glad you can join. So I guess Birgit, let's let's jump right in and discuss how CryptoKids actually was created. So can you give us a quick summary how this project got funded, you know, who's on the team and also kind of when did the idea actually emerge and how did it get realized? Mm, yeah, sure. Um, I start with uh, when the idea emerged. Um, that was really a long time ago. Um, the first idea of CryptoKids came up in, well, I think, 2016. Um, my boss and Gluon Studios. Uh, Gluon Studios is the, is the company with whom we developed the project. And they realized that there's nothing on the subject of data protection for young children. And that was uh, the hour of birth from, from CryptoKids. Uh, and then over the time, the idea became more concrete and the implementation started um, at the beginning of 2019. Genau, uh, exactly, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> We already joked, right? It's like two Germans <laughs> recording an English podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, but that's okay, I think. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm really wondering how it, uh, now, how did it start and with which team, for example, and how long did the whole process take, actually? Mm -hmm. um, the whole process uh, takes uh, two years. Um, we started in January 2019 and ended in February 2020. 
And um, yeah, it's a really small team. Um, the core team consists only of uh, three people from my office. And we are mainly responsible for project management, for the mediate between the individual actors. And we uh, had the contact with the foundation. Um, and the other part of the team um, were two software developers and uh, one concept designers from Gluon Studios. That's a software development uh, studio here in Cologne. And um, it was uh, founded um, mainly financed by the foundation named Stiftung Deutsche Jugendmarke um, from Bonn here in Germany. Um, and the Gluon Studios uh, and we from the special department of youth media culture, we added a small part of the missing funds. So what are the goals of CryptoKids? I mean, you mentioned debit privacy already. Um, can you explain a bit how, I mean, what, what gap did you saw in the society or in the availability of tools when it comes to STEAM education or education and how does CryptoKids fill that gap? Yeah, uh, the aim of CryptoKids is uh, mainly to sensitize children to data protection and secu security on the internet and thus to contribute to uh, self-empowerment. Uh, the game is uh, cooperative because all children work hand-in-hand -hand and share the same goal. Uh, they will learn about possible dangers in the internet and how they can protect themselves with, uh, for example, passwords and other tricks. And the aim is that they learn it first in the game and then hopefully in the real world. Yeah, very cool. Now you talked already a bit about the storyline of this adventure game. So that kind of means the, the kids need to kind of jump into the characters, which are, I think, Samira, Flo, Philippa and Benny, I believe, right? And they kind of, then they, I, I guess they're guided by an iPad application. Is that correct? Yes, uh, exactly. Um, uh, iPad application um, is the heart of the of the whole game, and um, the four characters Samira, Flo, um, Philippa, and um, Ben are the main characters. Uh, the kids don't have to choose one of the characters; um, they work together with this for for young young people. Um, I can say a bit of the storyline. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, the storyline is that a nationwide hacker attack occurred um, the night before, and the criminal data kraken are said to be responsible for the theft. Um, they sh uh, have stolen all private addresses, passwords, chats, and um, banking account details of uh, all the citizens in the country. Um, the police, uh, police have been working with a group of four young people, the crypto kids, um, for a long time on cybercrime. And in this case, too, they are called in to help and make them their special unit. The uh, crypto kids, uh, uh, Philippa, Samira, Benny and Flo, um, um, uh, are real technology nerds and professionals when it comes to hacking, programming and encryption. And that's the reason why they work with the police um, together. Mm -hmm. um, and then the question is, if uh, the crypto kids can save the data, uh, the stolen data, before the bad guys take advantage of it. And um, for this to to um, to get to the, uh, that they 
they can save the data, they need the support of the players um, because there are too many facilities affected and the CryptoKids can't do it um, by themselves. So they need uh, support and that's the point where the, the, the kids who play the game came in, in the game and started to help uh, to catch the thieves. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. So how, how many kids do you normally need to play this game? Is the minimum amount then four because you have four different characters or how many people do you need? No, it's uh, you can, we, we say the best amount are three people um, because three people share one iPad and um, uh, any of the, of the group can, can play nearly the same time. Um, but you can, uh, if you want, you can play it by yourself. You can play it uh, with two people. Um, I think um, you should not be more than four people um, because then it's boring for the, the, the children who um, can't play with the tablet. So that means if you have a class of, of, of pupils, for example, right, a class of kids, then you have to have a couple of iPads and then uh, four or three kids always play together basically. exactly yes uh, and uh, before we uh, uh, put uh, the game on the on the app store we tried it with a, a school class and uh, we had uh, five or six ipads and they played it uh, together in one classroom and it worked <laughs> that was uh, really good <laughs> really good <laughs> to see that it can work um, that so many children can play together with uh, different ipads I, I would also assume that a lot of thinking has gone into these characters, right? They're probably all a bit different, right? And they have different strengths and, and wishes and needs probably, right? Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a bit how you developed these characters? Mm. Um, yeah, we wanted to create characters who could serve as uh, role models because uh, the children who play the game should be able to think, hey, cool, like, for example, Samira, I want to be too. Um, mm -hmm. But that is only possible if the characters are realistic and not uh, superheroes. So that's why we wrote a story for each character um, of how they develop their skills. Um, and for each story, we ask young people at a hackathon um, how they develop their passion. And then we bundled the results and assigned them to the individual characters. Uh, through this, we have created characters who theoretically <laughs> could also exist in the reality and where we hope that uh, the children who play the game um, say, hey, yeah, cool, Samira or Ben or um, the other two are really cool guys and I want to be like them. So let's, uh, let's jump into the actual topic, okay, which is like you know, data security, data privacy and the location data and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, this game is a lot about personal data. Mm -hmm. So what is it for you, personal data, and why do you think we desperately need to protect it? Mm. Um, personal data can be, for example, your name, your address, your age, or email address, or telephone numbers, um, but also location data or app access. Um, mm -hmm. These um, personal data make all internet users as distinguishable from one another as individual person and thus <clears throat> also um, identifiable. Uh, the information could be used by companies, for example, to be able to offer products and uh, service uh, in a very target manner. 
So, and the problem is that it is often very abstract and opaque um, at which time somebody have access to these data, uh, who and where they will be stored and evaluated and what happens with this evaluation. Mm. So, um, I think we have to protect our personal data um, so that we can continue to exercise our basic right to informational self-determination. Self so in Germany, uh, the informational self-determination is anchored in the German um, Grundgesetz. Mm, I'm not sure if it is the correct trans translation. Mm, maybe in English you can say the German basic law. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, the the law of, I know, it's the basic laws of Germany, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. our foundation. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and it grants every citizen uh, the right to determine what happens to the personal data. And um, yeah, that's the reason why we um, uh, why we should uh, to protect our personal data. Yeah, and by the way, just looked it up. It's called constitution. Okay, so <laughs> it's our constitution, and that's yeah, it's very special in Germany. It grants us the right to our data. Yes. Cool. And then, I mean, in in reality, of course, right? If we flip forward into into today's time, I mean. There is TikTok, there's Snapchat, there's app, all kind of media apps. And when I look at young people these days, I think these apps are used without thinking twice. And mm. uh, they, some of them might might even ask their their parents, but then maybe the parents don't know about what what data is actually being collected. So what are you what do you think about these apps actually? So in general, um, I think these apps are <laughs> really great. <laughs> so you can do wonderful things with them, uh, no question. Um, but uh, I think you just have to be clear who the providers of these apps are and what happens to your data which are uploaded there. So and I think that is the problem that um, to uh, less people think about this. Um, so... When you know this, uh, who the provider is and what uh, happens to your data, so everyone can decide for themselves whether they want to use it or not. Uh, and you should, um, yeah. Um, the next problem is that you should consider whether uh, you also disclose data from other people, for example, um, because uh, when an app wants to access the phone book, then uh, you put all the data from your friends to this provider. And um, so theoretically, you uh, first have to ask all the other people if you want to do, uh, if, if you uh, are allowed to do this. So, mm -hmm. and that's a problem. And you just raised a very valid point, actually. Also, if you take pictures of, of people, right? And uh, how often do we ask these people if they want to be on Google Cloud, for example, yeah, right? So, exactly, yeah. It's a good point. So there are, I think, let's, if you come back to CryptoKids, the game, there are three big chapters in the game, and they're about data security first, and it's data privacy, and then it's also about geolocation data. So I would just love to get a quick intro to each of these. Let's maybe start with the data security part. So um, what can kids learn in this chapter about data security? What, what do you think about it in general? So in the first chapter, there was a nationwide hacker attack, uh, as I called before. So much personal data was stolen, including data from the facility in which the participating children are currently located. Uh, the players first have to find out which people uh, and data are affected. So... Um, 
the the um, the, the children um, now have to collect various personal data uh, via augmented reality. And the next step is uh, to estimate how much these data are worth. This uh, is to make it clear what personal information are and why someone wants to own it. So it should become clear how much money the data of a larger amount of data is worth. So, and we hope that the children um, uh, after this chapter one know what um, personal data are and um, why it is so, um, why, why companies want to own it. For the for the next chapter, it's about data privacy. So, what is this about? Yes, uh, exactly. In the chapter two, the players get the urgent task of protecting their own data from future attacks by the uh, by the crypto kids. And in the game, we show the children what they can do to protect their data on digital devices. This includes um, the regular updates and activating, um, for example, the firewall and a virus program. Um, we will also show the children a way of creating a secure password because we think this is really, um, really important. Um, and to do this, they learn the encryption method with the Cesar disk. I think that's about rotating the, the alphabet, right? Oh, so, exactly, then, yes. Uh, you have to come up with a, with a cipher, basically. Yes, exactly, yeah. Very cool. And I think the, the next chapter is then about geolocation data, which is, of course, also very, very current, actually. Um, you all run around and snap pictures and share this with our location, probably. So, yeah, so how, how do you bring that topic across? Yeah, in the, in the last chapter, there's uh, another hack attack. Um, but this time the players are prepared because they saved everything in chapter two and uh, protect themselves and their data. Um, they also help the crypto kids to arrest criminal hackers. And um, in the game, the children have to fight um, virus. Um, and after fighting the boss, the, the, the virus boss, <laughs> an IP address becomes visible. Um, and that reveals the location of the data kraken. So that's the reason why the crypto kids can uh, call the police so that they catch can catch the, the thieves. So and uh, we want to show that IP addresses uh, can provide information about the, their own location and that they can be traced um, because many apps uh, access the location uh, to be able to, for example, navigate or to show uh, where a friend is and uh, many uh, people, children uh, or adults. Um, um, have uh, their their um, uh, geolocation at um, the smartphones always um, on. Yeah, so I, and I really also assume that most people are not aware of the fact that you can, if you just browse the web, for example, that you can typically be traced back at least to the city, for example. Mm. Right? So, so what is what is needed to get started if you have, let's say, a local youth organization, you run a fab lab or something like that, or if you're a teacher and you would like to use it in a classroom, how do we get started? Yeah, it's, uh, I think, really easy. So um, the app can currently only be installed on iPads. So um, because the app is the heart of CryptoKids, so you need at least one iPad that you can play it. Um, in addition, um, a few analog documents like um, the Argument Reality Marker or the Cesar Disk um, are required. But these uh, you can download for free of charge from the website and um, yeah, you have to print it out then. Um, 
and um, that's everything you need to, to, to start with CryptoKids. Super cool. So all you really need is an iPad, a printer, yes. and uh, then hopefully and your the own children. kids to get started <laughs> with the game. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or or you have a connection to a school, or so you could actually show it there. Of course. Yeah. So we um yeah if uh, yeah if you have no um, possibility to get an iPad, um, then you can call um, us in Cologne, and uh, you can order um. Uh, a box where um, the iPads are in and where the, the markers and everything is in. So it's a, a minimum um, of charge. It does not cost much. Um, but if you don't have the possibility for iPads or printer, then you can call us and we can help you. <laughs> and I think right now this is only available in German. So I wanted to ask you, are there any plans to translate it? Because, I mean, it's such a current topic and it's a bit sad that it's kind of just available in German. Um, yeah, that's a, a problem at the moment um, because um, we first need another financial support. So um, the uh, fund for CryptoKids is finished now and um, CryptoKids is completely free of charge uh, and therefore we cannot generate any profits for further developments. So that is the um if we have um uh a next uh, financial support then we can make uh, it uh, in other languages or for example um um we can make it available for android mhm mm okay well let, let's hope for that maybe uh maybe some some sponsors actually listening who knows yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh i will definitely create a connection to you yeah that was, that would be cool <laughs> <laughs> Birgit, this was super exciting to talk to you. And I'm yeah, I'm also, just for, for the end of this interview, I'm wondering, what are you currently working on? Are you still working on CryptoKids? Have you moved on to another topic? And so what's what's next for you personally? Yeah, good question. Uh, at the moment, I'm currently looking after my baby. <laughs> um, six, six months ago, I got a baby. And um, so I think so I don't work at the moment. But when I start working again, it's um, hopefully in six months, uh, then I hope that we can expand CryptoKids. So not only other operating systems and languages, um, but also other chapters. So we because we don't run out of ideas for it. <laughs> <laughs> very cool i'm super glad that we actually had um, the the baby in the background very quickly for the first time on <laughs> yeah. the show thank you very much for that it's a steam podcast so i'm i'm expecting that yeah um, thank you Sven. <laughs> congrats again and all the all the best for the baby of course and for yeah, the family you. and for the future thank you Thanks. so much thank you Sven. <laughs> bye Online privacy is an important topic and we should encourage our kids to think about the data they create and they share and make us all aware of what happens with that data. If you again enjoyed this episode, now head over to kidslab.dev to check out the show notes with all the links of this episode. And of course, don't forget to subscribe now if you don't want to miss a future episode. Next up, I'm talking again to Jörn Alraun about the latest Calliope Mini version 2, which now got a memory chip and comes with applications right from the start. 